Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of 2021. This is uh, the Hope and Mum and Dad podcast episode 25. I'm Becky and this is Fuzz and we're here to talk to you all about our IVF experience or wait so far and infertility. Yeah so it's um, you know we're trying to be a bit more on top of things and a bit more regular with the schedule. Mm-hmm. Becky's hopefully done most of the work for her diploma which was um, the reason why we were not really getting things out on the schedule that we hoped for mm-hmm. last year so but oh, hopefully this this new year we will be able to get things done yeah like we did originally yeah have regular guests for you and just hopefully push out a bit more information about fertility and raising awareness of who it affects and how it affects people and the different issues that go on um so we don't have a guest for you this week but we just thought we'd um continue with our update because um uh, monday i phoned the clinic and we spoke well to we're them. gonna aim to just check in and do weekly episodes whether we've got a guest or not really yeah. so it's not yeah, really yeah. like a special thing that we're doing without a guest because there'll probably be quite a few that we do without guests but yeah this is this week and we're just here yeah so um, news on Monday. Yeah, so I phoned the clinic Monday and just said, oh, hey, uh, it's 2021, January, and that means that we've been waiting like 15 months since our actual IVF referral to you. Um, obviously, we've been trying to conceive for longer than that, um, coming up to three and a half, nearly four years now. Bit of context for people that might be joining us at this point mm-hmm. and have not listened before. Um, in a super quick way, we uh been trying to start a family for a while um things weren't happening after a year or two went to the doctor got referred for tests so um all of this was then like two maybe three years ago right yeah yeah three and a half years ago yeah, yeah. what from well, the gp referral yeah we probably didn't get tests maybe yeah you're right two and a half years ago yeah so um we were met and then we were meant to have our uh, ivf appointment in march yeah 2020. March 2020 that didn't happen because covid went nuts um and i've been pretty vocal about i'll say again it was annoying because our government didn't do anything at all to shut it down like other countries across the world have done a much better job yeah um and then you know so everything got shut down redeployed and that was you know understandable i get you know it is understandable we get it um and then you know here we are again like on the third wave or the second wave or the whatever and um <laughs> things are not getting any better really we're in the f- third official lockdown yeah, i think you know, yeah lost family members to it um other people we know mm. most people i speak to at the moment have got a story where they know someone that's either in their family that have died from it or from other or you know or someone, someone they know is has got a story about it too. Um, and the thing is, as well, it gets really upsetting for us um, as people waiting for our IVF treatment. Our IVF treatment was cancelled because the numbers were surging out of control and the NHS had to redeploy and stuff. Um, and we're just a bit worried that it's going to happen again because it's January um, and it's I mean, a serious I- thing. And there's people like going around saying oh it's just the flu and the nhs gets and they're absolute idiots like they have no idea what they're talking about it's a pandemic that's affecting thousands of people we've got one of the highest death rates in europe and people are going around with blase statements like oh well the nhs is bad every year and 
oh, it's just like the flu, and oh, it's 2%. It's not. They're all, they're all things people say to enable them to act selfishly. And the thing is, as well, like, the coronavirus not only, like, fills up with people that are actually dying from it, but when these hospitals fill up with people full of COVID patients, it stops other things getting treated as well, like cancer surgeries, have been, urgent cancer, urgent life-saving cancer operations have been cancelled. Organ transplants, yeah. They've actually been cancelled in London and other parts. So these people that are going around saying, oh, the NHS is bad every year, and oh, it's just the flu, just borderline evil, like either selfish, ignorant, both, or just... Either way, it's not on. And it's mm. like, obviously, we're upset about our, our IVF being cancelled, but at least we're touch wood not going to die yeah. because we can't access treatment. Obviously, it's shit and we want to start a family because we've been trying for years, but there are people out there that are losing their lives or will lose their life because people are going around without masks and belittling all the scientists who have dedicated their whole lives to like public health and stuff like that. But Matey up the road who sells insulation has decided that what he's going to do and breaking all the rules and regulations is completely fine because, well, I don't even know. I don't even know how they can justify it. That's not a real thing, by the way. What? <laughs> Matey up the road. You're not yeah, I'm just, you're talking I'm about I'm not talking some... about anyone. I'm just, yeah, just anyone, you know. Random person. Pick, pick a random name. Barbara, mm. the, the Tyler. I don't <laughs> know, just wherever. Like, just... So in March 2020, when... Um, covid first happened for like fuzz says for anyone who's joining us now for the first time Mm. um there was a nationwide closure of clinics across the board um the human fertilization embryo authority i think that's what they stand for some sort of watchdog watchdog that regulates the um quality of treatment yeah yeah they basically said it's not safe for treatment to be carried out and that the clinics had to close and then they started to reopen in may but then obviously because of all the delays and everything that happened um we were just bumped right to the back of the list and they had to prioritize of course people who needed their fertility preserving or older patients who didn't have much time ill patients yeah that's needing your fertility preserving um but finally, um, it's been 15 months and it means that they're likely to prioritise us. So uh, if you're in the Monday and they said, you know, you should get a call by the end of the month. I'm surprised um, that they're even open because if you... Well, well look don't at, jinx it. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. I'm just being honest. I'm just yeah. saying that, like, judging by the record-breaking numbers of... Mm. Well, I said on Instagram the other day, like, I'm really... I am... I feel loads of mixed feelings at the moment because... I know what you're saying. I completely agree with what you're saying, actually. It, it, at any second, they could just close the clinic. And that might it's not just mo- because of national closures. It could just be because they don't have the right staffing levels because... Um, or half, most of the staff are, like, isolating. Isolating or, or ill. Sick, yeah. yeah, or redeployed. Uh, it could be anything. Um, but fingers crossed, we just have to kind of be positive and hope that we're going to... Yeah, it just I gets mean, really hard to, like, when you see people yeah. that are actively spreading misinformation online and saying and doing things and encouraging actions that go against you know us having treatment yeah and people are dying yeah and like it's been going on for months and this there's been documentaries made about the amount of misinformation floating around on on um you know Mm. online and stuff but i'm just getting fed up now i'm literally at the end of my tether with 
just idiots that don't have a clue what they're talking about. They probably didn't even get a GCSE in like science yet. They're like, you know, criticizing world leading epidemiologists and yeah. public health policy experts. And it's like, at some point, you've got to accept that you don't know what you're talking about and let people who do make those tough decisions and just follow the rules because it seems like people don't care unless it affects... I even know people who do this so stuff. passionate about this. I'm not us. passionate. I mean... You are. No, but you think it's like a sin to be annoyed at, at like on camera, but it's not cool. Like <laughs> yeah, People yeah. are dying and our... IV, we might have to wait another year, another two years, whatever, three, well, who knows, like, because... Mm. People are going, oh, Karen up the road said that wearing a mask actually doesn't help, so I'm not going to wear a mask, and it's my right. And quoting the Magna Carta, going to Morrison's without a mask, and you're like, you absolute idiot, like, what are you doing? But imagine that, imagine if we couldn't have kids for another two or three years. Yeah, it would suck. Yeah. Well, I think... Yeah. I think I'm pretty, like, pretty measured and not that angry, mm. considering how angry I could be. Yeah. Well, hopefully, today is Thursday, and when I've called the clinic in previous times, because oh. I'm that kind of pestery little nag, yeah, so I might ring again tomorrow if they don't ring us. Fingers crossed they, they do, touch wood. Um, yeah, and then I guess I don't know how things really are rolling at the clinic right now. I think they are doing... I'm surprised they're open. They're doing video consultations, and I think we have to have COVID tests, and and then treatment can begin, but I don't think there's the same kind of... That they obviously support you, but I don't think there's the same kind of support in preparing for your first IVF cycle because I don't think you can have as much contact. I'm not really sure how we're going to learn how to inject ourselves and stuff. That's something I'm becoming be that hard, a bit I'm not apprehensive being funny, about. But you just stick a needle in and press it. Like, mm, I don't know. They normally like it's, give you and a it's not intravenous as well. It's like into your muscle. Yeah. So still, in, I mean, I. Yeah, you can be blasé about it because you don't have to do it. I'll do it myself as well if you want. I'll... <laughs> we can both do it. <laughs> to me. A little experiment. You'd, you'd love to do it to me. To just no, be like, I wouldn't. Like a little voodoo doll sticking needles in me. No. <laughs> Take that. No. Um, yeah, so that is where we are with our treatment. Obviously, we're really so, and pissed an off. That... Another angle on it as well is that Becky's a teacher. And we won't go... Well, basically, Becky's a teacher... The schools have shut now temporarily in Wales until the 18th. Mm -hmm. But um, sage scientists and epidemiologists, public health, uh, you know, what are they called? The public health. health sage. No, no, no. Health, there's people in medical offices, chief medical offices for England, Scotland, Wales have been screaming at the government for months saying the current measures aren't controlling the virus. Mm schools are a quote vector for the disease um and it's been an if you're watching from overseas or america or stuff like that obviously your schools have been shut for the duration um have they? the yeah. american schools haven't gone yeah. back yeah um pretty sure that's the case in most of the country um you know but yeah in in our country all the experts the people that we put in charge to make these decisions and 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 make public health choices have told the politicians and they've just ignored it mm. and then Boris Johnson said on Sunday schools are safe all the kids went into school on Monday in England because Wales is a slightly different timetable all the kids went in on Monday even though everyone was saying it's not a good idea mm. and teaching unions said staff shouldn't go in because it's not safe Monday night 
it's not safe to send kids into school. They're vectors for disease. And so luckily Wales and Scotland are ahead of that. Mm. Um, annoyingly, Wales have said that like, um, they're only kind of, they've got a date of the 18th so far, right? Yeah. And they haven't gone further. Hopefully they're going to review that but before Eng- the end of the week. England have said that schools are going to be closed until like about March time, probably. They said definitely February, but maybe March, yeah. Um, so but the, that it- affects us because Becky is um, planning on being pregnant if everything goes to plan, um, but means she can't have a vaccine. So if but- we do get pregnant, we've got to basically act like you're vulnerable. Um, they be- kind of advise that you shouldn't have the vaccine if you're going to get pregnant exactly. in the next three months. Um, it's so, annoying that we don't have exact time scales because if that was the case, but even then you wouldn't be able to get the vaccine because yeah. it's not enough of it. So far, it's working out okay. Like if they call us soon, because I'm working from home, like I was a bit worried about the way it was before Christmas. We were obviously working in schools and COVID hadn't gone away. Um, so even though it wasn't as bad as it was now, it probably I was, was though because they've only just they've they, mm, you know that new variant that's pushing yeah. the numbers up that's been around for a I while. I was a bit worried about what about catching it and having to have COVID tests to continue treatment and stuff. So that was like at the back of my mind. Who do we know so that had a COVID f- test and like we know someone that was going through treatment? Maybe they just did a round and then they tested positive. Yeah, um, so someone local to us in Wales who I speak to on Instagram and uh, yeah, she was tested positive. And I don't think she'd started treatment at that point. Mm. Um, but for a while, it stayed in her system for about three months or something. Um, and then eventually it came out and she could continue. But we don't want to delay it any further than we have to. So that was kind of a bit of a worry. So working from home at the moment isn't an advantage because if they do call us tomorrow and we get to start treatment in January, then it's, got to take a test it's one less thing to think about. It's like 20% people, 20% people are asymptomatic. So I know, we could have it now. And we, we could, could go in for but it. I think we're we're the minority because me and Fuzz we live together on our own in our house here in Wales. And um yeah, we've been we know that we've been expecting go, a call for treatment. Still and have to go shopping and Apart pick up food from and stuff. work, um we haven't really socialised with people we've we've we have within what we're allowed to do. Um in the summer, you know, we would go for walks with people or have a friend in the garden or but not even to the maximum we were allowed to we haven't had there's, even family members yeah, in our house like, things, through all of this so there's things that you're allowed to do mm. but like basically the way that the rules seem to work is they've gone right you can do this but don't please don't like yeah the less you can at do the, the moment better. you're not allowed to meet anyone outside of your household um unless you're at work um so yeah, that is a bit of an advantage, which is good. Um, so we'll just see what happens. Fingers crossed they'll call, call us tomorrow and we'll get to start in January. And... It's pretty nerve-wracking because there's so many things that could go wrong. And to be honest, yeah. like I'm surprised that the clinic's open, and they are, yeah. like amazingly, because there's over 50,000 cases every day for the last seven days with the highest mm. ever record, uh, the highest ever death rate and new cases yesterday. Mm. Um, Another thing that's at the back of my mind as well, because obviously we're getting close, is that I have a feeling that when we had our tests, they said that my AMH test result was quite high, which means that I've got a high ovarian egg reserve. No, it's yeah to do with your egg reserve, basically. And usually if you have an high AMH, then you're at risk of developing OHSSS. 
SS. Which is like they release too many eggs they, in one go. No, they overstimulate your your ovaries, so your ovaries become too swollen and big, and um, obviously there's not enough space for them, and they can. I think they can burst. Maybe yeah. I'm not really sure, but well, we it can be bad if it's not managed well. It's not so going to stop you from doing the treatment, yeah, is it? Usually, um, if they know you're at risk, they might do a freeze all cycle. So they'll go through the treatment, collect all your eggs, and then they'll freeze the eggs. Don't and they do then, that anyway? No, they don't do that. Normally they transfer a fresh one. So I'm hoping that they, we don't have a freeze-all cycle because that would delay us even further. I would like to try and have a fresh transfer straight away so that we can just have go, go through the treatment, have a go, see if it works. And then if it doesn't work, then we can do a frozen one, hopefully, if we've got any to freeze. Um, I, I, yeah. But, but yeah, we'll at, at the moment it's nerve-wracking because it feels like <clears throat> it's a miracle that things are even kind of potentially going ahead as they are. And it's just, and with Becky being a teacher and with the pressure from parents that I'm seeing at the moment, like who are like pushing, they're like pushing to keep schools open. It's just so unfortunate at the moment that like... Te- pe- I haven't noticed that in my experience, but you've noticed I'm, it well, in your friendship groups maybe, online. Yeah, maybe I'm noticing a few things and it seems like they're more, mm. it's more of a thing than it is. But there's definitely people out there that are saying, you know... I know Kirsty Allsop um, tweeted recently this week saying something like, um, don't don't forget that um, trampolining and riding in a car with someone and this, that and the other is more dangerous and poses more of a risk to your children than COVID. Oh. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah. And then there's this famous children's author called Michael Rosen. Mm. And he... Re- replied to her tweet and he was like oh yeah i forgot that um when you go into a school there's no adults there and children teach themselves and the floors clean themselves and the food cooks itself and children learn by themselves they teach themselves to learn there's not a risk to anyone else apart from but the children only, in schools but, but not only um, that the kids give it to each other and yeah. then they bring it home to their parents but he and got their like six thousand likes plus on his re- reply and like loads of reshares so there are people who understand like yeah. the actual threat the, to the community yeah it, it affects everyone pose. but there are people that can't go to work that right so basically you get like it seemed it the general kind of outlay of this is if you're in a poor if you're poorer you're going to be affected by covid worse mm. not just by the disease itself but like by the outcomes from the economy, lack of income, and yeah, stuff. all of it. So like, it gets really frustrating when you see like middle income parents that can work from home, so they're not going to lose money. Mm. They can work from home because they're in those like officey jobs that you can do from anywhere. Yeah, and they're going, oh. and they say things like, maybe you should, you know, people that are calling for a blanket closure of schools, it's not that simple. And they're basically saying, fuck off, I'm annoyed, and I want the kids to go to school. Yeah. That's if what you're saying. And anything just... that's not supporting it yeah. is not helping. Yeah. So I, I've, a couple of times I've said, can you spare a thought for the teachers and school staff whose lives are being put at risk? And also, you harp on about like being stressed out and stuff like that, but you can work from home. Mm-hmm. And the more that you desperately offload your kids into schools and they spread it to each other and it makes it worse the virus grows the economy has to stay locked down and the people from poorer incomes and the people with jobs that are like i don't know like the working gregs and service industry like lower income people like that Mm. they can't go to work they don't get paid so 
everyone loses. Mm. And the people that I see complaining are the ones with the least, with the least negative effect on them. Yeah. Basically, it affects all of us. Teachers, school staff, yeah. kids, workers, everyone. And the more that the schools are open and, people, and the kids are all mixing in schools... The people, bigger the virus gets and yeah. everyone suffers. That's what people need to understand, that it's about the bigger picture and how the schools affect the entire community that surrounds it because of the transmission. I just want to smash my head into this <laughs> desk when people say, yeah, but it doesn't affect kids, it's not bad. And you're like, yeah, but you get affected too. Yeah. Oh, what about kids' mental health? Well, what about kids' mental health when they lose a parent? Yeah, like, it's bad. It's just, we live in a Black Mirror episode where everyone's an expert, no one pays attention to scientists, and everyone, it's, it's gross how fast people, you know, people that are generally, like, pretty ethical, full of morals, full mm-hmm. of good morals, this pandemic has shown us just how much, you, how, if you just apply that pressure constantly for months, people very quickly start, you know, Turning on, you know, just making selfish choices mm. and then relying on each other to back them up. Like, you just have like Facebook posts with one person saying it's not, it's fine for kids, but this is the hard thing about social media. Um, it sends everything out of context, really, doesn't it? At, and... at least I'd have more respect for people if they just went, I'm stressed out, I don't like having the kids at home, keep the schools open. Just yeah. be honest. And the problem is as well, when you're behind a, a device or the internet or whatever, yeah. people just feel a bit liberated. Maybe that's the wrong word, but kind of they feel like they've got uh, freedom of speech and, more so than normal. Anonymity. Anonymity. Like they're anonymous. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to sit down and talk to people face There's to, no not like face social etiquette there anymore and people just say silly things and often it's like a really heated reaction and it's like a rash decision that they're making and it's not like a measured response that you normally do if you are face-to-face with someone or in a room with someone. But it's weird how it's turning people that you would think that you know are decent people and they've got good morals and ethics and stuff and it just... Yeah. It's just push people that far. It's a that hard just time like... for everyone, regardless of whether you're going through IVF treatment or not. Like, whatever, yeah. it doesn't matter if you've got no adversity at all. Like, this 2020, and it looks like the start of 2021, has just been such a hard time for yeah. everyone, like, but the, on so many levels. Yeah, but we need to pull together, hunker down, and do what we got to do together and stop being so selfish. I like that mental image, hunker down. It's like yeah. with a load of hunks in the room. <laughs> no, we need to just get through this together. Like if if us waiting another six months was needed to happen for our IVF treatment to to enable the bigger picture to work, I go yeah, no problem. I get mm. it. I'm happy to do our bit or whatever. Yeah. Like I, my whole year's just been cancelled. I'm a wedding photographer. Yeah. Like, Isn't that cool? It's. You know, but I don't I don't care. We just got to do what we got to do. The one thing you've been able to keep doing, as lots of listeners who are have been listening from the beginning will know, is that um, Furs has been able to carry on training for his Ironman. Not as much as he normally would, but um, he is like a fitness guru and he's been out on his bike loads and running. And I'm still learning. There's loads swimming. of stuff I didn't... Yeah, you haven't been able to swim for a long time. So no, that's I, have, been... I have tried to swim in the, in the sea doing open water swimming. Um, but in it, the new year, it, it that is was cold just so cold. <laughs> it's 
Yeah, so you it's should go and check unbearable. out his videos. I've been trying to, you know, just to just to get used to the water temperature and stuff, and it's just hard work. Mm. I this... I don't envy you. It's so cold outside; it's hard enough to get me to go for a walk with the dog and not take clothes off. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Walk to the beach. You've been running now, because mm-hmm. um, fertility-wise, fitness is a big important thing. Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, Sandy, Sandy, our friend Sandy Christiansen. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, she. She talked about the benefits of her uh, fitness. Yeah, she talked about the benefits of fitness. She did. You can listen um, to that episode a, if you want to dig back through, through the previous episode. That she's was an a interesting former one. embryologist and is now a fertility coach, so mm. go and check her an out. actual scientist. Yeah, she's who a, knows cool, what she's talking about. a cool cat. And um, also in a previous kind of seminar that I listened to about egg quality, they said that even if you lose like half a kilogram of weight before treatment, then it improves your success rate. So hopefully I'll shift a bit more than half a kilogram. But I I also don't I just want to do it to feel a bit better about my energy levels because I wake up tired. We did a bit of a test, didn't we? I have thyroid issues, which is what delayed us as well with all our... We did, a bit, we did a bit of a test to see kind of where Becky's fitness is yeah. at. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, pretty good. Pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty hmm. understandable for, for someone that hasn't done anything for such a long time. Mm. I so, think you don't realise how little that lots of people exercise. Yeah, but we don't care about lots of people. No, no, but I'm, I'm proud of myself. You should be, that's what I'm saying. But... <laughs> we should stop getting no one should gauge themselves against other people because yeah, the only important is thing good. is yourself so yeah. we did a bit of a fitness test to see where you were mm-hmm. and you did all right mm-hmm. um it wasn't like amazing but that's good because yeah. that means you can only get better i think we did a distance of about 5k but with um like a bit of walking in between the first yeah. time. So this is something I wanted to talk about. We ran together. This that is something time, I wanted to talk about with people, fitness wise. If you think about getting fit and stuff like that, one thing that people seem to do is um is they don't really know what they're doing fitness wise. And I'm guilty of that when I started too, but so people will, will aim to run and they'll just run. Mm. And that's it. And there's a bit more to think about um fitness wise than running. One of the main things that everyone can do pretty cheaply and it's 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 a good way to get into it and ease into it is something called um is basically heart rate training so basically you know if you've got like a a smart a lot of people have got iphone or iphones iWatches, watches uh, i watches apple watches smart watches little garments little fitbits they're quite affordable now or you can even get like a little heart rate um monitor Obviously, check with your doctor if you can do all this exercise. If you've got something wrong and you shouldn't be exercising, then don't. But if if you are fit and healthy and you want to start exercising again, um, and it's safe to do so, obviously, <laughs> I just don't want to tell people to. I'm not telling anyone to do anything. But if you are running and doing fitness stuff, then make sure that you're okay and fit and healthy to do so. But then when you start running, don't just run flat out and whatever. Just try and monitor your heart rate. And most apps will tell you, what heart rate zone you're in, um, and then um, maybe have a little look into that because I've personally looked at zone two training, which is keeping your heart rate quite low, but it builds up your strength, uh, it builds up your endurance and your um, the biology behind it. it. Basically, you build up mitochondria, which is like uh, part of your oxygen delivery system, and it basically means you can carry on for a longer time. But 
long story short research zone two training don't just run flat out only run if you're safe and healthy to do and so stretch and highly recommend stretching get a little foam roller work on your hips and your glutes and stuff like that because that's what stops people running they go for a run they stop and that's it so mm. try and factor in like a 10 minute walk try and go for a walk at the beginning to warm into it and then at the end don't just stop completely go for like a little 10 minute walk afterwards then stretch you can you can find loads of stretches you can um stretch before you walk too no? yeah you know don't go nuts there's loads of um you know everyone's got the internet um you can go on youtube and uh type in stretches but if you can on amazon or wherever you shop online or ever get a little foam roller they they are amazing they're only mm -hmm. like a fiver and um it'll keep you flexible and fit and good and then you can run the next day then most people don't think about the recovery aspect mm. running is really hard on your body especially if you haven't done it much and your joints yeah exactly so it's really important and again i'm not telling you to go running or do anything you obviously gotta like i'm just you know if you're not running and you're kind of unsure about exercising you know check with your doctor make There's sure it's, make sure you're safe and healthy to do so don't just go chucking yourself into something if it's going to hurt you so it's up to you yeah. to make that decision check with you know your doctor and make Lots sure that you're safe to do watches it have like apps and training things that help you build yourself up and there's that famous app couch to 5k yeah. which is good um to help you and get i think that utilizes distance. that zone two stuff i think it um probably yeah. yeah so on the boxing day that's when we started and we did that test run and we went together which was interesting and then we went for a bike ride after, and I didn't complain Bikes are a perfect weight. <laughs> but obviously right now it's the winter time and it's getting icy and stuff, so yeah. you've got to be really careful. And don't if it's icy, don't run, don't ride. You know, yeah. that's my advice. So, uh, yeah, we've done a couple together, and I've done a couple on my own. And yesterday I did my fastest time, which was fun. But it's not which, about the speed. I know, but I was impressed it's good, with speed. But... That's what trips people up sometimes because you'll go, oh, I'm going to beat my time and then you'll get an injury. So it's good, yeah. but it's not important. Mm -hmm. Just get, just putting your shoes on and getting out there. Mm -hmm. Going for a walk is a way better way to lose loads of weight. If you yep. can do it, if you can go for a like. Well, lucky we have to go out because of Coco, mm. our lovely Springer Spaniel. Yeah. So um, that's kind of, oh, the other thing that we wanted to talk about was um, just saying you know, there's lots of cool people in the community that we're enjoying following at the moment. Yeah, we might do a um, little, um, might have a little look. Share our screen a little bit. Do a bit of a um, shout out. So if you go to that first, this one, this is um, Good Luck Nick. And um, I found I like the her. Colors. Yeah, I found Nick through um, the Big Fat Negative podcast. She was one of the people that they featured in March. Um, to kind of share her experience of how her treatment was cancelled because of COVID and the closure of all the clinics. And it's a, a great success story because obviously her treatment was cancelled and they had to, I think they'd done a freeze all the year before and they were waiting to do a frozen embryo transfer. And um, through the pandemic, she's waited her time and, and then the clinic opened um, and she's now pregnant, which is really good. But she's um, also got a YouTube channel and shares loads of like lifestyle videos and stuff. And I really enjoy seeing what Nick's got to say. Um, I, always find, I, I don't know why, but I always find lifestyle a funny word. 
Is that well? I, I don't know why. No, it's it's the right word, and it's what it is. But it's, it's still funny though. Just what they like, get up to, and like their home. So they're just like an interesting, fun couple to follow. Um, and then there's Kev from the Man Cave, who we've done a podcast with before. Kev is a really uh, lovely guy who kind of shares his experience of um, infertility and. Um, trying to conceive and what he's been through and he's all about mental health and sharing um sharing and raising the awareness of male infertility and just getting a bit of um support for men going through that stuff because obviously it's not as talked as openly for men and they also recently won um a cycle of IVF in America which oh, yeah. I think they Hawaii? will no. California. California, I think. Um, but that, yeah, California's go, locked down. Go check him out because I think they'll have a lot of interesting things to say in the coming months when COVID kind of dies down and they can go over. And then the other thing I'm looking forward to this month is um, it's Cat and Alice. Um, um, Cat and Alice are um, two really cool ladies in the infertility community and they've both experienced IVF and they are hosting on one of their events which has to be online this year um i think they've called it live your life possibly and that's on the 30th of january and yeah it just looks like it'll be a really fun event and a nice way to kind of uh connect with people who are going through similar experiences and they've got lots of cool guest speakers who are kind of i don't know what's the word uh uh you know people ambassadors for lifestyle the- ambassadors for the community kind of thing so yeah i think that'll be a fun thing to do so i'm looking forward to that on the 30th of january and yeah take a breath that was a a long that was a long um we both do it like that was a long we've got to get used to pausing Pause. It's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> That's one of growing. the tricks we do with Coco. Pause, and she puts her little pause up on your on your belly because obviously actually, we don't want her to jump, but it gets your attention. Pause. <laughs> I wanted to float a little idea out to our viewers. Mm. Oh, that's a horrible noise, isn't it? Um, so, like, obviously, we're going to be doing more podcasts. Um, we're going to be like, the rule is we're going to try and do one one a week. That's mm-hmm. our rule, um, and hopefully we'll have guests on, and sometimes we won't. But they, we could always talk about other things as well. So any suggestions or tips or ideas or anything, you can let us know. But one idea I wanted to do, which I'm going to probably try and set up for next week, is have a separate camera for the puppy. puppy Coco cam. Puppy cam. <laughs> just, to share, just to share a little bit with you guys to show you our lifestyle. She probably won't be doing anything. She'll <laughs> just be snoring away, flashing yeah. her belly. But She's so yeah. cute, though. She's our dog. You know, like, when you have a dog... And people go, oh, it's a cute dog. You think, oh, yeah, she's cute. And you'll get over it. Never get over it. She's just that cute. I it's think people must crazy. feel that way about their kids, though, too. Yeah. It's just oh, bananas so how cute, cute she is. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that we've got her to support us through this, like, shit time. Because dogs and pets in general are just the best support. I got, I got a question that kind of popped into my head. If we had kids now, well, it's <laughs> tough because you're a teacher. But if we had kids now... Mm-hmm. I'm again. This is hypothetical because it's not really what's happening. It's just I'm trying to put myself in that situation. But if we had kids right now that were at school age, I wouldn't want him to go into school because, especially no. if we've been waiting for years and struggled to have kids via IVF, I I'd think, be like, no. Too- if 
if our if our circumstances were only different in that we had kids and that I wasn't a teacher, then you'd still be self-employed, so you'd be able to keep them at home. And the only reason I wouldn't be able to work I from do, home is I've, if I was a key worker. I know, I know. And so I, we wouldn't I do, send them. I do empathise with people that would lose out on work, you know. I think that's that's horrible. Like, if you've, mm. if you've got to look at... But at the same time, if the government are implementing this and saying that schools need to close, then there should be help... And there I, is, I, there's furlough and schemes no, and grants. And... People fall through the cracks all the time, and I really feel sorry for those guys. It's been horrendous for me as a self-employed business. I don't, I can't even think about it at the moment because it's just... Mm. But, you know, so, like, I understand people are stressed out. People with kids are stressed out and they're worried about money and work and stuff like that. But, I mean, the answer isn't cramming 30 kids into a classroom... You know, mm-hmm. trying to be empathetic and understand everyone's point of view, but it's just um, we need to hunker down. We just need to get through this together and stay positive. Um, and I need to get off, just not speak to people at the moment because most people I see, I hear and avoid speak. avoid the social media. Yeah, but because most people are, are it's being, mainly are Facebook, quite, really, are isn't being it? quite selfish in my opinion, and it's just frustrating because mm. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. Well, I'm not. I wasn't potentially being forced to go into a classroom full of 30 kids, like, every but day. You could die from going to the supermarket. Yeah, I know, but that's, you know, that... You, you perceive that, it as a real risk because I... It that, is a real risk, yeah. like, because they are, like, the numbers are going through the roof because kids yeah. are transmitting this disease. I think that way every time you go out on the bike at night for, like, 100 kilometres and I'm like, oh, I hope he doesn't get hit by a car. Yeah. I'm not comparing it, it's not the same thing, but I'm... But if I didn't, I'd get fat and I'd be at more at risk of heart disease and, you yeah. know, all the stuff that obesity brings. So, so it's I'm like... glad you're looking after your body, because it looks yeah. nice. <laughs> and it keeps you healthy. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Hopefully my YouTube channel for the fitness stuff will be mm. live soon. I've had to reorganise the whole thing because I was ready to launch in March and then, you know... Because covid Everything went nuts. And That's like, like a phrase now, isn't it? Because yeah. COVID. And social distance, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Distance, that was on Radio 1 the other day. S-D-O-C. I don't know what that means. Social distance, of course. Is that like... I just said it. That's yeah, just, but is that... I, I don't know. We'll have to Trendsetter. Trendsetter. Cool. S-D-O-C. Yeah, let us know if you've got any um, ideas or mm-hmm. stuff or just basically connect with us because we're all hanging out like yeah. pretty annoyed and stressed out so if you want to come on the show and tell us about your fertility journey or you're a specialist and you'd like to share some information with our listeners then please we do. would love to speak to um any you know nhs people mm-hmm. working in infertility at the moment and um, giving your thoughts on like the situation as it were you know yeah like we would love to, and again like we're super grateful for everyone that works in the NHS as well which is uh, without going off on another tangent which is why it's really you know frustrating when you see people not doing the things that we're meant to be doing because you're just making them work harder and putting them at risk for longer so yeah right yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get going and we'll see you in the next one bye